the problems of talent acquisition are very localized. And having a one solution that can handle the the differences between the local areas is uh, one of the strategies that I've uh, embarked on. For example, in Europe, our candidate flow is massive. You'll get 200 candidates to an open role for a store level uh, position, where in the United States, you might only get five or six people for those roles, if, if, if even that. So the talent acquisition challenges are very different. In Europe, we got to focus on uh, recruiter efficiency because there's just so many people to get through to find the quality candidate. Well, in the U.S., we need to, to be uh, more streamlined on the candidate experience to make sure that they're getting through the funnel and that we're quicker to respond when they do get through the funnel. So having more automation and that sort of uh, solution in the United States and Canada uh, is different. So, so really what I found is that the talent acquisition struggle at a global level lens is the, it's just varied based on the local areas. Even within the United States, we have pockets that get really good candidate flow and pockets that get no candidate flow. So we have to have a solution that adapts. Hello, 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 and welcome, 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 everyone, to Talent Experience Live. Of course, you all know that this is your weekly look at all things human resources, talent acquisition, talent management, recruiting, and everything in between. I am your host, Devin Foster, and this program is proudly brought to you by the good folks here at Phenom, whose purpose is to help 1 billion people find the right job. It is the reason why we put on this program. It is the reason why we release such great content and also why we put out playbooks, much like the one that we launched this morning, which is the high-volume hiring playbook. So if you or your team are looking to hire lots of people fast, you will certainly want to head on over to phenom.com to check that out. That is kind of what our episode is going to be talking about today. A few months back, I uh, met with the good folks over at Circle K uh, to chat about some of their hiring challenges. Obviously, Circle K, uh, a very well-known brand that is hiring lots of folks, especially during the summer months when uh, you know holidays come up. Maybe one was 4th of July, but people pack up their car and they hit the road and they have to stop at gas stations and service areas and everything in between. And I chatted with Darren about this and some of their strategies and challenges that they've had uh, while they look to to really bolster their entire staff as well as employees. Anyway, without any further hesitation, uh, let's hop into our conversation with Circle K, where we talk about engaging, converting, uh, hiring, and repeating the process of high-volume hiring over the course of months, years, or or maybe every single day. Darren, how are you today? I'm doing very well, Devin. Yeah, we are excited to have you on. I'm very excited about this conversation. Um, we're chatting this season all around recruiter efficiency, and I know that's something that, that Circle K is striving to do that. But before we get into the meat and potatoes of this episode, I have to ask you, go to gas station slash convenience store snack that you must leave if you make your way inside. Well, you know, Devin, I've been... Uh... 
working for C stores for over 28 years. So that item has changed quite a bit. Uh, but where I'm at now is uh, anytime I stop in and it's available, it's a pumpkin spice coffee. So I too need my caffeine fix. Yes. Uh, but unfortunately, my item's seasonal. So I don't get it year round. So I have to make a special effort to stop to get it while it's in season. I was I was going to ask if it was something that you wanted to do year round. Now I have to ask you, do you have like K-cups at home where you have pumpkin spice just kind of as a nice little treat, maybe in a, a, a brisk July day, <laughs> dare I say, or something like that? Do you have it uh, stock-holded like a, like a hoarder at home? I, I hate to admit it, but I, I do uh, season-end shopping when they discount pumpkin spice coffee and I load up for the summer. So so I do enjoy a K-cup uh, every now and again during the summer, during the off-season, just to get my check. Absolutely. No, I, I feel the same way. Um, I bargain shop for Reese's eggs or the Christmas trees. Um, whenever, you know, Easter ends or Christmas ends, you can get one of those big bags or, um, buy them at the cash register for 50 cents. Uh, it is, it is certainly something that I will always splurge for. I see Bambi, um, pops into the comment section and she says fig Newtons, which will always remind me of Talladega Nights where he has the big fig newtons ad on his race car and he says man i i do love fig newtons but it is a a dangerous sign uh darren we are going to talk about recruiter uh, efficiency today and and how you are really transforming the things over at circle k but i want to ask you for those who may not be home which is it's probably hard to do with over fifteen thousand locations um what would you say uh is the the biggest takeaway of working at Circle K and, and what do you do? Jennifer Thomas also chimes in and says Slim Jims. I want to mention that before we carry on. Um, but tell us a little bit about Circle K. Excuse me. Yeah, I mean, Circle K uh, acquired the company I worked for for many years, Holiday Station Stores, uh, uh, based out of uh, Minneapolis, St. Paul area. And at Holiday, it was a family-run company, uh, 500 stores approximately. And then Circle K came in, acquired uh, Holiday. And uh, it's this big, huge conglomerate. You, you referenced 15,000 stores. It's, it's very, very large. It's global. Uh, we, we have a business unit model where we try to stay super local while still uh, being large and global. So we have multiple business units. We have about 26 business units, 14 just across the United States that you know, each business unit runs approximately 500 stores and has local teams, including local talent acquisition teams. Uh, we're we're also in uh, eight countries in Europe. We're in Canada, so it's a it's a global organization that stays super local with uh, this business unit model. So um, it's a it's you know I came from a family-run company. Do you think you get into a global company like this and it's going to feel very corporate? And surprisingly, it feels uh, both the same. It feels family-run, maybe because of the, the super local atmosphere. Yeah, I, I mean, you, you mentioned you know, the locations scattered throughout the United States as well as internationally. I imagine that a Circle K looks vastly different in you know a, a country like Ireland, where I know you have a, a good foothold, versus one that is located in you know um, Pennsylvania or something along those lines. But I have to ask you, from from the perspective of of being global. Is there a, a challenge that no matter where a, a, a Circle K is located uh, in, in, in and throughout the globe that you frequently have when it comes to, to accessing talent? Is it um, a, a shortage of talent? Is it an application process? What does that look like um, that is really universal for all of your locations? 
you know, on a global scale, uh, <clears throat> one of the things that, that I've encountered is that the problems of talent acquisition are very localized. And having a one solution that can handle the, the differences between the local areas is uh, one of the strategies that I've uh, embarked on. For example, in Europe, our candidate flow is massive. You'll get 200 candidates to an open role for a store level position, where in the United States, you might only get five or six people for those roles, if, if, if even that. So the talent acquisition challenges are very different. In Europe, we got to focus on uh, recruiter efficiency because there's just so many people to get through to find the quality candidate. Well, in the US, we need to, to be uh, more streamlined on the candidate experience to make sure that they're getting through the funnel and that we're quicker to respond when they do get through the funnel. Yeah. So having more automation and that sort of uh, solution in the United States and Canada uh, is different. So so really what I found is that the talent acquisition struggle at a global level lens is the, it's just varied uh, based on the local areas. Even within the United States, we have pockets that get really good candidate flow and pockets that get no candidate. So we have to have a solution that adapts. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's fascinating. And when I think of uh, things that you often buy at C stores, uh, the the localization of even you know something that could be called soda versus pop, right? These things are, are just as relevant when it comes to recruitment, right? You have different challenges for for different regions. Um, one thing that I, I want to ask you about when I think of uh, of convenience stores in, in in Circle K, I think of them being open 24 seven, right? Um, folks, you know, have to run out. I can't tell you how many times with a 17 month old in my house, I've had to run out and go get some milk, right? So these things happen. When you talk about automation, how important is that when you are having a, potentially an influx of candidates in the wee hours, you know, of the evening, right? Where, where someone may be at their shift uh, at a, at a competitor or a different location or a different industry maybe. And they say, you know what? I saw a sign for, for Circle K today. I want to go ahead and apply. What does that automation look like? And how may it be different for some of your, your, your corporate roles? Yeah, we definitely have two verticals in our talent acquisition. We have our store level frontline worker where we need a lot more automation and efficiencies. And then on the uh, let's call it non-store, the support center or office side. We need uh, more AI to help match candidates to roles and, and take advantage of our, our pool of candidates. So, so we're using CRM services to do candidate matching on the non-store side, and that's super helpful on, on identifying the right talent for the right roles based on skill matches and, and just their profile. If we talk about the store side for a minute, that's obviously where our bigger challenge is on, on staffing. Uh, we, you know, we hire huge volumes of candidates every year. Um, we, we are open 24 hours. Uh, we, we don't get as many applicants on the overnights, um, but what I've been uh, working to install is uh, an automated way of identifying the top talent. And, you know, in, in certain situations where we struggle to find those talents in certain stores, particularly like in overnights, we'd turn that automation on at the store level on a case-by-case -case basis. And then if a candidate is qualified as the strongest match candidate based on the criteria we've built, we can generate an offer based on that computer screening, basically skipping the interview, 
skipping the meet and greet with the store manager and say, hey, you're a top candidate. You're probably going to get hired someone else if we wait a day or two to pursue you. We're going to offer you a job right now. And then even more so than that, it's, it's layering and self-scheduling. One of my goals across the board is to not have candidates waiting for us to reach out to them, but letting them take control of their journey, self-schedule an interview, uh, assuming they pass the, the screening criteria that we've established, and move them through the funnel on their pace so that they uh, feel like they can meet with a recruiter and not wait for us. Yeah. And, and, and really, I mean, one of my goals is to get them to quit applying at other places, right? If we, <laughs> we can make them feel like, hey, we are able to move quickly through Circle K and, and get a job, hopefully they just stop looking because part of the challenge we have is candidate ghosting and them either not responding to calls or scheduling interviews and not showing up for interviews. And I think part of the reason why is because someone else pursued them quicker or, or they ghost us because someone else may have had a better offer. So um, really, we just want them to stop looking and, and let them know that, hey, we're interested in you and we're going to move you as fast as you want to go through this funnel. Yeah. No, I mean, I, from, the, from the perspective of, you think of uh, maybe, you know, some, some mom and pop stores that may be in any town in, in the United States and, and what their interview or application process could look like. It could be someone walking into a storefront, filling out a paper application and meeting with the manager, the owner, whoever it may be that same day. And we had a discussion, uh, I, I believe it was a webinar with True Green a couple of weeks ago, um, a, a lawn uh, care organization and they mentioned that you're not just competing for uh you know c-store workers or uh, lawn care workers or whoever it may be you're competing with every organization that is offering things you're competing with the malls you're competing with the web retailers everyone in between so you mentioning some of those automation pieces and, and potentially stopping someone from applying or even getting offered before having a face-to-face -face conversation, I think is exciting. And I think it's exciting from the perspective of, Darren, if you or I are applying for a job, we've, we've decided we want to take that next step in our career. Um, I know for, for me, if I get a, an interview, I'm going to tell my fiance, I'm going to tell my family. I'm like, I, I am excited to interview with XYZ company. And I want to wait and see what comes to fruition from that before I you know fill out an application again. Now, some folks may be you know, filling out three or four applications, but the first one to get back to schedule an interview, the first one to get back to, to, to schedule an offer is oftentimes the one that wins. You mentioned there are some extenuating circumstances, of course, could be compensation, could be anything in between, um, maybe shift, uh, shift work for whoever that, that works for. But uh, overall, having that, that self-sustaining and self you know, process for a candidate, I think sounds very advantageous. I want to ask you, Darren, specifically, um, you know, with your candidate pool for, for C stores, oftentimes when we have guests on, on the program, we, we talk about desktop career sites, um, and how beautiful they need to be and, and including video and things like that. I would go out on a limb and imagine that a lot of your applicants probably aren't applying via desktop computers. Is that a safe assumption? And what kind of tools have you used from a, a mobile perspective, if the case, to help increase that candidate pool that you said may be a struggle in some areas? Yeah, for sure. We have about 80% of our candidate flow in North America applying via mobile. So it's a significant portion. Surprisingly, in Europe, that's only 60%. So it's really in North America where we see that, that biggest uh, number. 
I think in Europe, the reason why is because a lot of uh, companies require resumes to be uploaded and it's easier to do that on a desktop. But yeah. here in the United States and Canada, we, we definitely need to be mobile friendly, um, not just friendly, mobile optimized. Um, and, and we've been uh, on a journey to implement everything mobile optimized from SMS text apply. Uh, we're working on a pretty sophisticated chatbot feature where they can apply end-to-end -end via the chat. Rather than redirecting to an application, we'll just have them have this conversation with the chatbot and, and fill out their application uh, straight from the chat. Yeah. Um, but then uh, we've also implemented what we call uh, hosted apply because we've been victim of an ATS that doesn't have a mobile optimized uh, application. It, it's 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 okay on mobile. It plays on mobile, but it's not optimized. It's got uh, friction points like creating an account at the front end. So we we have, uh, uh, I guess you can call it an overlay. We've taken an application uh, hosted by our career site vendor, which happens to be Phenom. Uh, we call it hosted apply. It's kind of layered on top of our uh, workday application, which is our ATS. And um, we're able to provide a more seamless candidate experience, especially on mobile, where it doesn't redirect to another site that's completely rebranded. Instead, they stay on the same branded site. We ask the same questions as the, as the normal application. Everything feeds into our ATS, creates the profile uh, the same way. Um, but we are able to remove friction points and be mobile optimized to, to take advantage of that 80% of people applying on mobile. Yeah, no, and 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 that makes sense to to me from a perspective. I think we as humans in in 2023 are programmed that when we see a pop up to log in or something, we close out of it, right? We think, oh, oh no, I'm going to have to pay for this. Happens to me all the time when I'm trying to read an article on Forbes or the New York Times or the Athletic or wherever it may be. Once I use up that that one free article that they leave, um, I have to find the news on the story that I'm looking for elsewhere, and it it. It's a bad experience from uh, gathering news, um, but also if if you're giving candidates a hurdle, um, you know, to move forward in that process, uh, you have to see you know a, a drop off there, or maybe even not, because um, I, you don't see the number of folks that land on your career site that get to that point. You're only tracking after that point. Um, so I know that's something that that you had shared with me previously, and one thing that I always love to describe you know phenom as when it comes to the career site whether it be on mobile or desktop uh darren stick with me on this analogy but it's a it's a birthday cake right the inside is the structure of the cake itself it is the the pound cake the um the fluffiness the the whole nine the outside of the cake though is what gets people excited it's the candles that you're going to blow out it is your name written in script piping or whatever it may be um so that's the way that i always like to describe it is the application process should be exciting it should make you feel good throughout and and, and feel seamless um one question that i i do have uh is you talked about a text to apply what does that look like from a, a Circle K perspective? Is it texting a number in your locations? Do you have potential QR codes that uh, you know bring up the application process? Are you using a wide net to get these uh, candidates? What do you think uh, helps have that percentage of 80% of candidates applying via mobile? Um, and how do you make it easiest for them? Yeah, the very fact that we have 80% of people applying on mobile means you have to take someone from a, from a store where we're advertising now hiring, right? You see that in all 
retail shops. And the reason why you still see store signs advertising jobs is because they still work. Yeah. We get, you know, roughly 35, 36% of candidate flow from store signs. The question is, how do you get someone from a store sign to an online application so that you're getting their information? Used to be they go into the store, they get a paper app, they fill it out in the store and give it to you. Now that we've shifted to online, we needed to make it very simple for them. So we advertise uh, a tech supply number and a QR code that does both. It'll, it'll, it'll take them either to the SMS tech supply or to our career site chat uh, feature so that they can start engaging with a, an AI bot that uh, helps them find a job that's relevant for them and uh, uh, gets them started on their application. We're, we're actually building right now in our, in our chat bot a feature that's uh, matching their availability and, and full-time, part-time interests, and then only delivering and serving up jobs that fits their interests. So if they're looking, say, for a, a second shift job, when they see the list of available roles, they're not going to see any day shift jobs. Yeah. That's not what they're looking for, right? So let's make it easy for them to find the right role quick by only serving up roles that matches the availability availability that they have or the full-time, part-time interest that they have. So uh, we're doing some things with AI as part of the SMS and uh, chatbot apply feature to uh, to make it even easier and more relevant to the candidate. That, that makes sense. And I, I imagine you're doing it from uh, not just the position and role uh, specific, but also location, right? I 15,000 locations, quite a few. I'm sure there's a few that are, I wouldn't call it shouting distance, but just down the road, whatever that may be. Um, does it also recommend jobs to uh, different areas? Maybe that second shift isn't available in this location, but it is here. Um, is that something that, that's also being leveraged there? Absolutely. Uh, look, I didn't even mention it, but location is a driver in that. And it actually starts with the, the, the best match job based on availability and preferences. And then it serves them up in, in order of closest to farthest. So uh, it, it'll uh, definitely, uh, it, it, I, I don't recall how far out. I think we went like uh, 50 miles out or something before we just said, hey, no jobs in your area are available that match your criteria. But uh, definitely, uh, it, that would be very rare at Circle K that you would go 50 miles without running into a store that's uh, got an opportunity for you if you're interested in working because uh, we just have so many stores in, in pockets uh, across, you know, North America. Yeah, and I imagine uh, as, you know, the organization grows and, and sees success and you look to expand to add locations, that gives you a nice candidate pool to, to start off with, right? Where some organizations, if they are looking to a, a space that they don't have an existing presence, you kind of already have that that built in. I want to ask you, we, we talked a lot about streamlining the process for, for candidates. Um, but when it comes to after they've hit apply, they feel good. What part of the process do you think takes takes the longest? Is it that was it that scheduling before you started to automate that? Is it the actual interview before you started automating? Excuse me, automating that, or could it be you know the, the the onboarding process where you have to you know get folks documents in order to actually have a, a start date, such as you know license, passport, whatever that may be, pass a background check, whatever the, the stipulations be there. What what is the 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 kind of roadblock in the process, or what was it, and how have you relieved that? Honestly, it's all of that. Uh, is, is a challenge. Uh, you, you've kind of summarized a lot of what I'm working on. So I've described a lot of how I'm trying to make it very easy on the candidates so they're not waiting for us and they can self-schedule. 
with a recruiter. On the other side, where we're trying to help our recruiters and our hiring managers, uh, first of all, we don't have enough recruiter support to help every store manager across the United States uh, and Canada. That's, you know, in just the U.S. alone, that's 6,000 stores, and uh, we don't have that kind of recruiting team. So what we've done is prioritize the recruiting team to help in the areas that are struggling the most. And then the hiring managers or the store managers are still doing their own talent acquisition themselves without recruiter support. So one of the things I'm trying to do is how can I support both of those uh, situations? And, uh, you know, the self-scheduling interview does actually help both because the scheduling of an interview is difficult. And if it takes you too long, you end up with a lot of ghosting, which takes even more time. You know, you schedule interviews, people don't show up, that's lost time. So turning on a self-scheduling feature, getting candidates, giving them the flexibility to schedule at the time that meets them, but then letting them connect with either a recruiter or a hiring manager uh, so that they can keep that process moving is a big step. And I'm able to uh, tell uh, the system who the recruiter is that the person was self-scheduled with. Yeah. So uh, the system would know if it's going to be scheduled with the recruiter or scheduled with a hiring manager based on the job file I'm sending to to Phenom in this case. Um, but then we're doing other things. So like I said, we're building solutions that can be very store level customized. So at the very minimum, it's uh, they apply, they take a very short assessment so that we can determine uh, their fit and then they get a self-schedule. But then we're going to layer in on another level up for some stars. We're going to add a video interview. So then we can actually potentially skip the interview altogether and have candidates apply, take a, a video interview if they're willing to, and then self-schedule. And the video interview, if they don't take it, we still have their candidate record and we can still pursue them without the video interview. But for those that take the video, we'll have that on the candidate profile and then we can skip a step, right? We can make a hiring decision based on the video interview. And then to take it even a step further for stores that really struggle with staff and we need to really pounce, that's where we're, we're layering in that automation where the candidate applies. Uh, rather than having some schedule, if they're the perfect fit, we're going to have the, the computer actually make a job offer. And then what they'll do is they'll self-schedule with a recruiter to actually review the terms of the offer. Yeah. So there's there's several different models we're deploying based on the urgency and needs, uh, hiring needs of the of the of the stores themselves. No, that that makes com complete sense. The one thing that that I love that you mentioned there was was the video assessment part because a, a lot of folks um, that that I've had conversations with are a little little hesitant, right? As humans, we are we are creatures of habit. Um, but as we look at this this new generation of talent that is coming up, where everything, quite frankly, is on video, and you mentioned some of your your top candidates, they may not have a resume, right? They may not have that document on their phone. And if 80% of your candidates are applying via mobile, that's a roadblock for them. They are going to abandon the process, but allowing them to potentially record themselves, share some of their experiences. Uh, hopefully it's not the uh, strengths and weaknesses question. I am not a fan of that one, but neither here nor there. Share some of their experience of, you know, what their previous in, in employment was, uh, what their goals and aspirations are, why they see themselves as a good fit. You can garner a lot of great information. They say a picture is worth a thousand words. I think a video might be worth a million. And 
nobody needs to have a million words on their resume, Darren. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna say that pretty pretty safely. Um, but it's it's an exciting thing. It's it's innovating, and you're reaching a new pool of of candidates, and also getting that vital information for a recruiter to to make a decision or even to have that process automated to 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 make a decision um i i want to ask you um for some of those locations that that may be struggling for uh, talent right do you have any any campaigns that you're running in those areas or in the surrounding areas um i i know you probably have some evergreen you know positions open obviously those are going to to take precedence but what does it look like from an automation perspective if a new position pops up and you can immediately target some of those folks who are in your candidate pool or in your talent community you know, and some of the tougher to to fill uh, stores where we have candidate flow problems, uh, it, it's tough to be a recruiter, right? Because you can do a lot of recruiting and just not get any candidate traffic, and and you you get to a point where you've exhausted all your ideas. It's like, what do I do now? And uh, you can have automation, which we've been working on. You know, trying to move quickly and pounce on anybody that applies and, and move them through the funnel and make instant offers, like I like I talked about. Mm -hmm. One of the things that, that I've also done is I've rolled out what I call a recruiting playbook that all of my talent acquisition teams have, and it, it walks through the guidelines for, okay, I'm a store manager, I'm starting to hire, what do I do at the store level to make sure that I'm optimized for recruiting talent? Putting up store signs, talking about referral bonuses to my employees, it's got a checklist for all the store managers. But then if you're a, a market manager or a district manager, supervising a store, I have another list for them. Okay, I got a store that's struggling, you know, in addition to checking to make sure the store's doing what they're supposed to do, can we look at local schools where we have a, actually an agreement with Handshake so that we can campaign out to schools and, and do stuff, uh, either going after people in college or recent graduates of college. So Handshake actually does both and we can, you know, advertise the fact that we do have tuition reimbursement and, and that sort of stuff to, to local schools in the area. And then the recruiting playbook also gets into, okay, we've exhausted everything. Now I get, I'm gonna engage an HR professional or a, rec uh, a recruiter. What can they do that I couldn't do? And, and I have uh, agreement with say HireClicks, which is a recruitment marketing agency. And uh, one of the things we do with them is they can do uh, billboards or put our jobs on a movie screen, or they can use Google ads and they can use um, all, all kinds of, uh, of different things that a, a recruiter might not think to use. Yeah. So um, I, I've kind of got this layered approach where I try to recruit organically first. So we do have job feeds going out to Indeed and, and LinkedIn and all the major boards. On top of that, we sponsor and then uh, we just keep walking upstairs from there until we, until we find the, the avenue that fills jobs. Yeah, I, I mean, and it, you mentioned it's, it's, it's tough to be a recruiter. I think back to, to my days as a recruiter, it was email and it was phone calls. And I can tell you right now, Darren, I have 10,000 emails in my inbox, my personal inbox. I'm not looking through them. I'll get a notification um, when a package is shipped and I'll look for that one. But most of the rest I'm, I'm not looking at. And that makes it a challenge. On top of that, spam calls that are, are constantly on our, our phones throughout the day. I'm not picking up the phone. I'm screening calls and listening to voicemails. So what you mentioned from that recruitment marketing strategy, I think is, is, is really impressive because I always say that recruiting and sales is, is very synonymous, right? You're selling an organization, you're selling a position, um, a 
a dream job to, to some folks. Uh, so in order to do that, you have to, you have to market. And the ways that you mentioned via movie screen, via billboards, via banners, whatever that looks like, even on the, the back of, of trucks or, or something along those lines, it's going to be advantageous in the amount of eyeballs that you see, or the, excuse me, that see those advertisements, but that's your candidate pool, right? That's, that's who you're going after on top of the things that you're doing at universities with handshake and, and, and things along those lines. I want to ask you, um, with this, you know, goal of automation and being able to hire someone almost instantaneously, is that something in your strategy that you are planning on leveraging or are excited to leverage where you can say, you know, maybe it's hello to hired in, in three minutes or apply and, you know, get an offer instantly, whatever that almost like an instant winner campaign from, from McDonald's or something like that. I think of the monopoly game, but is that something in your, your plans where it is building that excitement and someone saying, all right, I don't have to invest a tremendous amount of time to find out if this job is right for me or if I'm right for this organization. Yeah. I, right now, uh, because we're pretty new in this space, um, I'm building out that that instant hiring model where they're going to be offered a job as soon as they submit their application. Um, if, if they fit all their criteria, if they don't fit the criteria, we'll offer them a video interview and then we'll make a hiring decision based off the video interview. So then when they schedule that meet and greet with their recruiter, they'll get an offer as soon as they get on the call. Yep. So, so that's as, as, as close to, Hey, you're going to be hired right away. I won't have the resources to do that for all 6,000 stores at once. So what we're doing is we're using our analytics and I mean, we have a pretty robust uh, uh, talent acquisition dashboard that we use to determine what our most severe cases are and where we would want to have this urgent hires or this instant hiring solution implemented. I, I'm thinking probably about 40 stores per business unit can be on this model. And if you take 40 stores times 14 business units, you know, it's a, it's a few hundred stores uh, across the United States that we'll have on this instant model. We'll evaluate it and we might be able to expand it. Um, but there are other stores where we don't have to be quite as fast because the conditions aren't quite as severe. Um, we we want to make sure that we do this in a way that's still candidate friendly and it doesn't get weird for them, right? So uh, we're, we're kind of putting our toes in, uh, getting it right. And then we'll see how, how we can scale it. Because the last thing I want to do is have, have an instant offer done and they show up to a store and say, hey, I'm your new employee. And the manager says, I don't know anything about it. That would be a problem. So we want to make sure that we have recruiter support uh, for this model and, and that sort of thing. So, um, but yeah, it's, uh, the need is definitely there. Um, we're, we're building that out as we're speaking and uh, really excited to kind of see where this goes over the next year or two. Yeah, absolutely. It sounds exciting. And I'm thrilled to hear that you are taking your time and making sure that you're not jumping into it too fast. Last week, I had a conversation um, with Bradley Cooper. No, not that Bradley Cooper, but a, a different Bradley Cooper from uh, Sasser Workforce Solutions. And he mentioned that one of the mistakes that they made when rolling out some of their application process and making it as easy as possible was they forgot to add location. They assumed that when somebody clicked on a job, they were going to have a close enough radius to where this this individual may be or individuals may be. Um, but they kind of had to backpedal a little bit and say, we have all of these candidates in our pool now, but we don't know where they're located. We thought we could do it from zip code or area code, but that isn't always the case. Uh, so they took it back a few steps and were able to roll out. But 
your process of, of rolling out, making sure that it works and avoiding that, hey, I got a you know an email, a letter, whatever it may be, a phone call that said, I'm hired, I'm here for my first day and not to have a manager notice. The candidate experience continues throughout the application process. It can you, continues throughout the onboarding process. It is really up until that that person starts their first day and when they're on scene. So it, it makes sense that that, that is a, a big aspect of, of your rollout here. I want to ask you, Darren, um, I, this has been an, a, an amazing conversation. I want to, I want to thank you for jumping on, but is there anything that you wanted to add or any, uh, you know, challenges that may have come up, anything you're excited about in the future that I may not have asked? Uh, no, I mean, you know, I've, I've described several processes and, and the fact that we're going to scale this slowly. Part of that is that our operators need to be comfortable with the process as well. So there's kind of a, you know, you, you have to sell it to them and ensure that they understand what it is that they're getting and how customizable it is. And that's part of the reason why I have literally four different options based on the needs of the store, mm -hmm. starting from a simple application where the recruiter or the managers are still doing what they do today. Then we do the self-scheduling, we do the video interviewing, we do the instant hiring because the comfort level isn't going to be there right away. I have to earn their trust prove that the solution works and that's why you start small as well and I give them different options and then uh, the fact that I'm giving different options allows me to say hey let's just put a few stores on this so you can evaluate it because ultimately what I'm trying to do in addition to solve problems is gain buy-in yeah. and I'm trying to gain buy-in from our operators and our store managers video interviewing the, a lot of people have different opinions on video oh, interviewing yeah. um, I've had uh, mixed success with video interviewing but when I'm staffing my own team uh, I can't tell you how great it is to have a video interview. That way you're asking the exact same questions to every single candidate, so it's very consistent. And it makes it a lot easier to compare applicant to applicant when you ask the same questions. So I've actually thoroughly enjoyed video, in, video interviewing myself, but I have to get other people to see that same value. And uh, the only way to do that is to actually let them try it and, and get them on it. So that's part yeah. of it. The other side we didn't talk much about is the... Uh, the non-high volume, the uh, the office level or non-store uh, functional support, uh, leveraging a CRM. When I first got a CRM a few years ago, I'm like, it's great. It gets candidates in there. You can re-campaign out and, and do those types of things. But over the last couple of years, I've really learned the value of capturing leads. So using a career site that actually captures leads. So many career sites brand uh, content, but then they redirect to uh, like an ATS career site but they don't capture any leads. That lead generation is huge to match candidates that had interest but didn't apply to our open roles so that we can have the re recruiters re-engaged. So we talked about, hey, how do recruiters go and fill the funnel when they don't have a funnel? Capturing leads in the career site is a good way to do that. So we didn't talk about that and that's been very successful. Having an ATS or a CRM rather that has cloud technology where they scrape open profiles of people that didn't even touch our career site or apply. And, and matches them to our open jobs so we can pull them in and then engage talent that way too, uh, has been super helpful. So using the AI technology in the CRM for uh, above store roles or non-store roles um, has been wildly successful. Uh, obviously you have to optimize the AI by uploading a resume or entering some skills, but um, uh, I, I'm seeing more value in that solution than I originally even thought when I brought it on. Yeah. 
No, that's that's exciting stuff. I I mean, it's it's funny that you mentioned one thing that I wanted to to jump back on was you mentioned how you're rolling out a lot of these things, and you know some people aren't aren't comfortable with it, right? And what I think of is I've been driving, you know, ever since I was 16 years old. I've never hopped behind the wheel of an electric car or or any of these automated car solutions. It's intimidating, right? I I know how to drive. I don't know how to drive stick. That's something that I, I do need to learn how to drive. But neither here nor there. Um, uh, getting in front of what looks like a giant iPad in a car and hitting drive on your own, it sounds scary. So rolling these things out, um, you know, step by step. And then what you mentioned is is some of the, the advantageous pieces that come from uh, leveraging it across, you know, the business as a whole, not just for your store locations, but also for your corporate locations. I think leads are a huge thing. It's something that I get fall victim to on e-commerce sites. I will, you know, click on, I'll be logged in, I'll click on a, an item that I like. I'll be on LinkedIn later that day and it'll serve me up ads on the right side of my screen. I can, it follows me around the internet. Um, so all of these things are, are vastly important and sales and recruiting are synonymous, synonymous. I'll say it again. So it's awesome to hear that you are doing all of these wonderful things. Uh, Darren, I want to thank you for spending Groundhog's Day with me. Hopefully this was a spice things up. It didn't feel like Groundhog's Day uh, for you, but um, hopefully you are able to remove some of these repetitive tasks that have been happening, opening up your you know, talent funnels in both store locations as well as in the corporate you know, offices. And I look forward to you know, potentially circling back with you uh, in the, the coming months, maybe even years, where you have these things flushed out and everyone is on board with, with the automation and your candidate pipelines are, are completely full and there's success all around. So I can't wait for that. But in the meantime, I wish you nothing but the best and thank you for joining. No, I appreciate it. And, uh, you know, unlike you, I'm actually ready for summer now. I've been sitting in below zero weather for a while. So, uh, you know, I'm kind of hoping that the sun stays hidden where I'm from and we uh, have an early summer. Yeah. Big. Are you a big road trip guy in the summer? I imagine you like to take to, to hit the hit the open road uh, or or do you like to travel somewhere tropical? Uh, a lot of time at the cabin. Uh, okay. Love the tropical, but we tried to do that in the winter so we can get a break. Yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. That makes sense. Uh, awesome. Well, well, thank you so much. I hope it warms up for you. Um, I'm going to enjoy my Northeast cold for a little bit longer. Uh, but in the meantime, <laughs> have a great rest of your day and enjoy your weekend. Thank you, Davin. Appreciate you having right, me on. Have a good one. Special thank you once again to Darren Avril, who chatted with me, as I mentioned, on Groundhog's Day this year. Luckily, it did warm up, I think, uh, the second and third day of July this year were the hottest days on earth on record ever. So do with that what you will. Neither here nor there. A um, lot of great information there. We talked about video assessments. We talked about high volume hiring. We talked about automating the process as much as you can. So uh, the blog is already out. You can find it on phenom.com backslash blog. We will repost it in the show notes for you. Um, but hopefully... You enjoyed this episode. Uh, next week, we are going to chat a little bit more about the employee experience, uh, which is certainly something that I think a lot of companies are focused on right now. So you won't want to miss that episode. But once again, thank you to Darren. Thank you all for tuning in. I hope you all hit the lottery. Well, not really. I hope I hit the lottery, but I hope you guys all get something. And in the meantime, have a safe and healthy and happy weekend, and we will see you next week. Thanks so much. 
Have a great weekend. Talent Experience Live, of course, is proudly brought to you by the good folks here at Phenom, whose purpose is to help a billion people find the right job. Our intelligent talent experience platform, which helps candidates find the right roles faster, employees evolve in their current roles and beyond, recruiters achieve some next level productivity and managers build better teams with data and analytics. And of course, all of this is powered by super slick artificial intelligence and machine learning. So head on over to phenom.com to learn more while you're there check out the promo for I am Phenom. It is right on the homepage. Don't be afraid to click on it. See who keynote speakers are going to be, see what session tracks are happening and everything in between, including networking and party.